Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to another episode of Primetime Titans. We have a little Arizona Cardinals Week 1 recap for all of our Tennessee Titans fans. What a brutal, awful, miserable, terrible game that was. Um, we recap it, and um, yeah, if you want to come hurt with us for the next 30, 40 minutes, we, uh, we're here for you. So... Without further ado, please welcome Carrie Underwood. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I hear the train a coming, it's rolling around a bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm stuck in Folsom Prison. All right, here we go. Woof. That was not that fun of a game. Um, most of y'all have probably seen, but the Titans lost to the Cardinals 38-13, and here is our recap of that. Um, first, before we're going we're gonna to give some of our thoughts, before we do that, I wanted to update um, a little something that's happened the past couple days. First off, before the game, we put Sam Thicken, our, you know, promising kicker from the tra- from training camp and preseason. He gets hurt. We signed Michael Badgley, used to be at the Chargers. He comes in. He missed some field goals. We drop him, and we had signed Randy Bullock, another kicker to the practice squad over the weekend. We've elevated him, and we've put Imani Ho- Hooker on IR, which kind of stinks. But just wanted to update you on that, a little, a little news there. But um, from there, we're going to go to Robert. Uh, he's going to give a little two to three minute recap. We're all kind of going to kind of give our you know overall thoughts of the game, and then after that, we'll start talking about certain topics throughout the game. And uh, Robert, what what'd you think? Well, it hurt on on Sunday. I'm not going to lie. I was I was not happy. Um, there was not a single positive thing that I could honestly take from the game. Uh, moving forward, it was it was one of the worst Titans performances that I've seen probably since the Jake Locker era. Maybe the Ravens two years ago, twenty one nothing. Still though, I mean, I thought this was or worse. The, the Broncos with Mariota. Both of those were bad, but I, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't left watching a game f- and felt this bad about I, because I think the expectations were so high. The the team really really hyped up you know the PR staff really hyped up this team rightfully so the defense was supposed to be better the offense was supposed to be one of the most explosive teams in the NFL and to go out and to have some of those pl- five sacks Chandler Jones had five sacks absolutely made our all pro left tackle look like a spinning top out there I mean that. And our offense couldn't get going, and DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray, it looked like they were on a completely different level than our defense. Not only DeAndre Hopkins either, Christian Kirk too. Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, Chase Edmonds and James Conner looked like all pros against us. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was miserable. There's, there's not many other words um, other than miserable that come to mind. I, I do think every uh, – somebody – I think I heard this on a podcast. I mentioned it in the offseason. But every NFL team, for the most part, has 
three games over the course of a 16 to 17 game season where they play out of their mind and they play above their level of talent. They also have three games that they play below their level of talent and they make a lot of mistakes and they don't look very good. Typically, the NFL team is is defined by the other 11 now because there's a 17 game season. The other 11 games where they play at uh, or slightly above or slightly below their level of talent. We drastically underperformed our talent on Sunday. I am hopeful that that was our one (laughs) Mulligan game. You know, there's all this talk about preseason. We didn't get the starters enough reps together. Uh, Taylor Lewan's coming back from Russ. The offensive line hadn't had a lot of time to play together. You know, all those things. I don't know what the answer is, but, man, that sucked. What do, what do you think, Pettit? Yeah, it was one of those things where you kind of uh, you watch the game and so much went wrong. It was so hard to dissect what was the problem. Exactly. And after the game, it was one of those things where I kind of just had to get the whole game out of my mind. So I kind of mourned on Monday. <laughs> morning day Monday. Morning. <laughs> morning. Morn day Monday. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was a rough day at work, just thinking about how <laughs> brutal the Titans were. Um, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll try and say some negative things and also add some positive things. But one group on the offense that I was least impressed with that you normally don't notice on a team was the tight ends. Tight ends were atrocious. <laughs> I've never seen a tight end group like be noticeably horrible. And like they dropped a touchdown, they dropped passes, they didn't block. I could mean, not block JJ Watt. And I understand JJ Watt's JJ Watt, but, but they, they got to help. They don't even have to do it themselves. It's like they weren't they even got exposed. It was that was that was tough to watch because I mean that's the kind of the, the same tight end group we had last year. So, except Janu, um that was where I was like most shocked. I think the O line, you know, sometimes you just have a bad game. Though I don't know if you guys saw Lawan get absolutely pancaked by the safety. I think it was a Buddha. Yeah, I saw that clip. I'm gonna cut Lawan a little bit of slack. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just gonna cut him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cut him. I'm, I'm gonna him. cut him just a little bit of slack. I think maybe he got into the hype. He just got off injury. He didn't play much during preseason. I'm going to cut him a little bit of slack, just a little bit. See how he plays next week before we start getting mad at him. But I come, I'm going to kind of do that with the whole team, actually. <laughs> um, you know what? Let's just <laughs> let's just extend that to everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think there's something to be said though about coming back from an ACL first game. Yeah, Bud Dupree too. Yeah, he didn't look great. Um, with that said, I'll, I'll kind of add a little spin zone on positivity here, but. It was such an uncompetitive game, and the Cardinals are kind of a team that I thought, if not, if I kind of thought we were very equal with the Cardinals coming into the season, and I was like, okay, if we lose, it should be by a very, very small amount. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think, yeah, it was kind of just a mulligan. I think you kind of have those, and I think the Cardinals played out of their minds. Mm-hmm. I think that the defense has potential. I was surprised with they considering the positions they were put in. I think they looked slightly better than anticipated last year. Elijah Moulton is definitely a 
was the shining star on the whole Wait, team. He definitely, yeah. Elijah he Moulton, got burned, though. He Christian got burned Kirk times. burned him for a touchdown. But I'm with you. I thought the pass rush looked a lot better. A little bit. It's I, just we it's played. Hard to, and it's hard to judge the pass rush when you got a quarterback like Kyler Murray. Yeah. Back there. I, uh, I'd like to see. I, does it not feel like there's a disconnect between the D-line and the linebackers? It feels like there's a disconnect between everybody on the whole team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was a disconnect, <laughs> yeah, with the whole team. That um, I think – I think me and Robert mentioned this, but if we lost to the Seahawks next week, I think if it's a very competitive, like you can see growth in the team, I'll be okay with it. Okay. Yeah, I just want to see us be a competent NFL football team and I think, next week. I think maybe if I see that next week, I think maybe we can catch our groove later in the season. And you'll feel so, better. And I won't. Right now, status is nervous. <laughs> okay. Very nervous. So my, my thoughts on the game. Uh, so Pettit and I actually went to the game. Uh, literally nosebleeds. Wolf. The the actual top row, but we were right on the fifty yard line. It was a great view. Um, tailgate was you know the tailgate was really fun. Shout out to Jack. Shout out Jack Wagster, um, PTT listener. Uh, Sam Edwards, he's competing with you for top listener. Just saying. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it was a lot of fun. It was great. Honestly, the the uh, the whole experience was awesome. It was. You know, the national anthem was amazing. The, I think the NFL did the same national anthem around league for nine eleven. Um, like I just was feeling, I was feeling pretty good. I will say, I was walking. I think I was walking across the pedestrian bridge with my little brother, and I was like, I don't feel good about this game. I don't know what it was. I just started not really feel great, and but kind of got over that during game time. The game itself, I kept turning to everyone around us. And I kept saying it was reminding me of the Steelers game last year where we just dropped a dud in the first half. And then the second half, we came back. I don't know what it was. I just kind of thought that this team is coached well enough to where at some point we were going to wake up. And I started to realize, like, you know, as time went on, was not going to happen. A couple things. There was a third and ten with, like, six minutes left in the second quarter. That was when Kyler Murray scrambled around. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Like, almost looked like he was about to run. Stops before the line of scrimmage, and he threw it to Rondale Moore for the first down. They score on that drive, go up 21 to 6. We, uh, no, 24 to 6. We're driving to trying to end the half. We, it was like third and one, and Tannehill took a shot. I kind of wish we had just gone for the first down. Yeah. That, and there was like 20 seconds left. That's where we tried to kick a 46 yard field goal. Mm -hmm. Michael Badgley missed it. Go into the, go into the half. And you handed, knew. And the Cardinals got the ball back. But then the Cardinals got the ball. Kevin Byer picked it off. And we were like, oh, let's go. We scored on that. A.J. Brown, that was the touchdown. So we were. Th- I was thinking then, like, all right, tide's turning. I literally was turning everyone. You know, I kept doing a little motion, like the tide's turning, baby. Let's go. Just thinking we were going to come back. And Kyler Murray just kept proving me wrong. Um, and so it just was hard. It was, it was, you know, it was a little tough. And. I'm going to end my kind of recap with a little, like, some that I want to talk about. Um, the whole fan experience was honestly amazing. And usually, the t- I will say in, in previous years, I've always talked with my friends about how the Titans in-game, like, the, the Predators in-game is so much fun. Preds games yeah. are amazing. Yeah. And then you get to Titans games, and the in-game is like, this is so underwhelming, which there's a part of it where, like, the game stunk, so it kind of was hard to judge that. But in terms of the kickoff and 
and the crowd. I felt like it was really crowded, but I, I'm not a fan of booze. I am not a fan of booing your team. Mm. Like they said, when Lawan was hurt for a couple drives and he came back in, they were like back in at left tackle, Taylor Lawan. And everyone just started booing. And I guess you could say, oh, well, he deserves it. Blah, blah, blah. Terrible game. I just, I don't like the whole booing your team thing. I don't know I, what y'all think. I don't know if it. the booing, from my experience, was actually necessarily at Lawan as much as it was the situation. Well, and that's So what happened was the drive was. before Kendall Lamb was the left tackle. Yeah. And got brutally destroyed. destroyed. Yeah. Strip sack. Mm-hmm. And so then it was like, now you're announcing our left tackle coming in. To, like, it's supposed to be this large upgrade. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, you don't, don't announce that. Yeah, that's I thought that was, a, that's like, a, he's a, that was his first game as the new PA announcer. It was. The, and I, honestly, I, me I and JG say, liked him. him. I, I liked his voice. Him. I thought he was a good time. But that was the one mistake. It was like, oh, it was kind of like one of those, like, you didn't need to Read announce that. Yeah, it was yeah. like. Maybe if we were like winning and Taylor won, I don't know. Like he's back, but it was like we were getting crushed. I also wondered. I wasn't there, but watching it on TV, I was wondering if maybe the boos. Some people were also booing because he was out for a drive or two, almost like like taking a break, like taking a break. Yeah, Yeah. like he couldn't handle Chandler Jones. He wanted to go on the sideline and regroup. Now, come to find out, he had cramps. He was in the tent. But makes sense. You know, I was wondering was if maybe really people were too. pissed. That, that was what I was gonna say. He it was like really hot. took took a drive off, but it, I, I'm 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 with you. I'm not not one to boo my own team, um, but at the same time, I <laughs> I definitely felt the frustration watching it on the TV. Yeah. So okay. So then, um, I th- and I think one last thing on the fans. I think there's a certain expectation level that Titans fans created over the off season. And they're thinking like game one, we're going to see it right away when maybe realistically we should have known, like well, there are a lot of, there's still a lot of changes with this team that maybe we should have known. Um, but I'll say this on the fan experience. That was the first basically sellout that the Titans have had in a long time. I mean, we had, I think the report was just over 69,000. That stadium holds just over 70. Everybody who was there reported that it was electric, huge environment. The entire fan base is juiced up. You're not going to lose your diehard fans like us off, off a game like that. But you do risk losing your fringe Titans fans who are like, oh, maybe I'm going to check That's out true. the Titans this year because they have Julio Jones because there's all this hype around them. And then you go to the game or you watch it on TV, you're thinking about going to a game, and you see that. It's like, here we are. Back and it's like, to, oh, well, the classic Titans. I'm, not, I'm checking out again. Like, yeah. You've got to earn that. You've got to have really big wins. You've got to ha- you can't just manufacture that hype and that attention. I think that's going to be a huge hit on the potential growth of our fan base over the next season just because of how bad of a showing that was. Yeah. Okay, moving on. So, real quick, let's talk about the kicker situation. So, Badgley was awful. Uh, we need Sam Ficken back. I, Randy Bullock, if you all remember, he was the kicker for the yeah, Bengals last year. He missed the game us over. Winner. Badgley, it, well, that hurt. So, we need Ficken back. Randy Bullock, we'll see how he can do. Um, it's the, I, I don't know. Are we just going to reach out to Kaskowski? I, I don't know. Moving on. Uh, we've kind of talked about Taylor Lewan. Is there anything else you all want to say? I mean, I want to talk about that tweet a little bit. Okay. He, yeah. he tweeted after the game. I don't know if 
we can pull it up. But he basically tweeted an apology, said, Chandler Jones, you exposed me. I'm sorry to the fans. That was, you know, terrible. He said, Thanks for exposing me. Uh, things like that will help me be better. And I just, I don't understand why pro athletes these days feel the need to keep it real. And I'm using finger quotes. Uh, for those of you, he is. I can't confirm. Yeah, like why? Why are we? Why do you care so much about what your fans and people on Twitter think? Just like there's no need for that. You don't have to apologize to us. It almost it almost pisses me off when I see that. I'm like, dude, quit caring so much about what we think. Go fix it. Go watch the film. Like, d- like you have a huge social media presence. I get it, and I'm I'm not one of those people who thinks that NFL players or NBA players can't have a life outside of football and basketball. Like, I think it's fine. You got a podcast. But when you play terribly, you don't need to apologize to me. I don't – you don't play football because of me. You play football because of you and your family and because you love it. Like, if – you should – you should just care about it with yourself and make it a point to to go out and play better the next game. But don't sit there in an hour after the game, get on your phone and apologize to me. That's not – I don't care. I care how you play. Pet it. What do you, what do you think about the tweet? Just real quick, uh, I or just really just the game, not necessarily the tweet. Uh, I mean, I don't have a super strong opinion on the tweet. I obviously prefer it not. Honestly, I don't really want to see that. I think it's just the one. I don't style. have a strong. Yeah, I just don't have a super strong opinion. But doesn't he do um, this once a year? Yeah, yeah, he, he kind of does. He'll get a bunch of penalties, or he'll have the whole thing with. I didn't know that I took PEDs. I promise yeah. I'll come back better. I think. The but thing, he, I will say he ends up responding, and he does come. Maybe the he one needs thing about like Taylor Wan though is, I mean, with a big personality, you kind of get the highs and lows with a guy like that. Mm-hmm. And if his lows are a tweet like that, I'll take it. You know what I mean? Whatever. Well, as long as he comes is, back with his highs, uh, okay, his play. But the what low I'm saying is, is with the Chandler Chance. I'm talking about but, his actual personality. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So um, that's why I don't have that strong of opinion on it. I, I got gotcha. you. He kind of comes with it, but I don't know if we're moving on to. The coordinators? Yeah. Let's talk about the I coordinators. I think one thing I'd like to mention on that is I obviously was unimpressed with the offensive defensive coordinators. I think the defense, I think I see a little bit of potential there. Offense, thoroughly unimpressed. But who was actually surprisingly impressed with, at least in-game, obviously didn't do well to prepare, was Vrabel. I mean, the fake punt. Yeah. I mean, he did his best to like. I didn't bring even realize life. it was happening. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> He did his best to like bring life into the team. Yeah. With trick plays. And it was like, why is the flea, offense? The flea not, flicker. That yeah. Was the, yeah, that's true. But I just felt like the offense needed a few more. It was like, I don't know why Todd Downing wasn't calling quick little slants. I mean, he saw Tannehill at 0.5 seconds to get rid of the ball. Yeah. It was like, why aren't we calling quick stuff? And I was also concerned with the fact that even in garbage time, we couldn't do anything. Yeah. So. I yeah, don't know. That's true. I do think one thing Robert said yesterday or two days ago was things don't always. Uh, what was it? Things don't always. Oh yeah, things aren't always as bad as they seem, and they're not always. They're ne- they're never as bad as they seem, and they're never as good as they seem. So I kind of think kind of compounding. Like when things something goes bad, compounding it just gets worse and worse. Yeah. And I think the missed extra point, the missed field goal, the drop touchdown. I mean, all that like. Our get, star get, receiver punching a corner in the face yeah. on third and one. We'll get to Julio. Small little things like that, especially, <laughs> but I'm talking about more the points on the board. Maybe those things happen, and the end of the game is significantly more competitive. Like 
there's just things where it's like, okay, well, oh, totally. As a player, you're like, wow, we missed an extra point. We've missed a field goal. We dropped a touchdown. I mean, what's this? What's Did, the point of this game anymore? Like yeah. it's over. So like, and Derek, maybe that that game does look different with those points. And to your point, Derrick Henry came out after the game, and then he they were asking him about. I don't know if you guys saw this, but on the TV cut, they showed Derrick Henry yelling at the offensive line and the offensive and the receivers. He was just yelling at the whole offense on the sideline after the second drive, after Tannehill's strip sack that they almost took back for a fumble. And they were asking him about that, and he said, we just looked lethargic. That wasn't us. I, I don't know what that was, but we didn't look like ourselves. And maybe that is even added more to your point. You come out, and you kind of aren't feeling great. You're feeling lethargic. Maybe you're too hyped up for a game, and then those things start happening, and they just compound on themselves, and then it gets worse and worse and worse. So, I mean, think about it. If you put those points on the board in the way we played, Three turnovers and we looked like well, crap. It was, and still, it was that also, could have been a competitive game. It was also yeah. the um, that's kind of a good the, spin the zone, defense like. too. Okay, I w- I will say like the the whole coordinator talk of like offense versus defense. I don't know how I think. I don't know if I can fully judge the coordinators after yeah. that game because of how crazy it was. Think about I saw it was something like Kyler Murray's top five most uncatchable balls and like three or four of the five were the touchdowns. Yeah. The the two touchdowns of Christian Kirk and the one to De- DeAndre Hopkins were in his top five. They were like percentages of catching it was 20 to 30%. These receivers were making insane plays. It was just a crazy And there's game no other the quarterback. I don't think there's another quarterback, maybe Josh Allen, who is that elusive and that accurate. Oh, uh, well. I'm scared that another quarterback that's like that is who we're playing next week. Yeah, but he's still not. I mean, some of those moves in the pocket Kyler Murray made, I was like, oh. Russell Wilson, honestly, I think, you know, if this were 10 years ago, he'd probably still be doing that. But he's a little older. And and here's the thing. Kyler Murray did the same exact thing last year for the first 10 games. I thought that was But he gets hurt. He got got his shoulder hurt, and then he didn't look like the same player. So, like, Like, Kyler Murray's great. But he's so small and he runs so much that he's inevitably going to get hurt before the playoffs. So it's not like a long term yeah. success. Like, I hate thing. that we played them game one. Like we yeah. were playing the Cardinals game one, fully healthy. I mean, you never know what happens with injuries in the league. Um, so I don't know. Coordinators, I think yeah, con- hard there's to, concern there, but I, I think. Let's see some improvement next week. Yeah, let's see some improvement. It's let's, hard to judge Todd Downing when the offensive line is, is non existent. Yeah. So let's move on. Um, Real quick, let's talk about Julio. I know, Robert, you're very frustrated with him. He threw a punch, sort of. He, like, shoved the DB after a play, got a flag. He also, one of the picks that we threw in the third quarter, the throw was to him, and it went through his hands and went in the air. I don't know. Are we yeah, concerned I about mean, Julio? Are you? I, I, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of like with the whole team. I don't know whether to be concerned or whether to just throw this game out and – recalibrate next week but that that personal foul we had just had the most successful run with Derrick Henry it was the third drive and we hadn't gotten anything going we had had a strip sack and Derrick Henry gets a nine yard run it's going to be third and one perfect you know that's that's our bread and butter third and one we should be able to pick that up get some momentum maybe put a drive together and after the play he shoves the defensive back and it looked like a punch on TV, but you're right, it wasn't a punch. But it, And then we get a 15-yard penalty, third and 16, drive killer. And then he dropped a pass on the sideline, 
and then he had that ball go through his hands and for a pick. And that, was I, a, that was a tough catch, but I feel like. But Julio, that it's Julio, Julio Jones. Like, catch. yeah, you did not practice with Tannehill all training camp, and then you come out here. That's fine, but you can't come out here and play like that. Yeah, and do some of those boneheaded decisions. Like we're better off with Nick Williams. Oh gosh, <laughs> no, because he did. No, drops, drops touchdowns to win the game against we're, the Bills. We're better off with Desvit Patrick out there if that's what, how Julio is going to play. I mean, he did not do anything. It was non-existent. He did not do anything on Sunday that was any better than Desvit Patrick would have done. I guess that's kind of fair. What did he have? Anything? Did he have three catches? Three catches for 39 yards, two drops, and a personal foul. Did you have him I, on your fantasy team or something? No, I didn't have him on any of my fantasy yeah. teams. It's definitely concerning looking at the offense and – the stat line. Oh, and he dropped a touchdown. Sorry. Go the ahead. stat line is brutal. I mean, Derrick Henry, 58 yards, zero touchdowns. I mean, Chester Rogers was our number one receiver. Oh. Uh, which, don't get me wrong, love the guy, but not your number one receiver <laughs> when you have Julio and AJ. <laughs> we get, but, Robert, cool down for a little bit and let Pettit talk a little, and I'll come back to you. I'm fuming over I, here. <laughs> I think right now i really want to just throw this game out and recalibrate i think i'm, yeah. I'm with you on that robert let's 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 do that let's just do okay. that robert real quick say right. that and uh, then we're going to move on one to the thing that i forgot to mention on the coordinators that i do have to put this on todd downing okay <laughs> how in the world do you go the first quarter without throwing the ball to aj brown or julio jones when you when the offensive when the offensive coordinators sit in the meeting rooms this week he goes and he he scripts the first 10 plays, maybe the first 15 plays. Like, these are the plays we want to get in. We feel like these are some really good plays to get us going. Clearly, none of those plays were good. So we just need to throw those plays out. Um, but how do you not script any plays that aren't going to Julio or A.J. Brown? How is your first third down a curl route to Chester Rogers in double coverage when – It kind of looked like triple coverage. <laughs> it was – and Julio is – Wide open on the TV on his deep, he has like, like a, a ten to twelve yard like hitch route. route. Yeah, something. yeah, and he is running butt naked, wide open. It was it made me so upset. And then the next drive, we throw it to Chester Rogers again, and then we throw it to Jeremy McNichols on a screen. And I think I, think, I was texting the group saying I'm going to lose it. <laughs> I mean, last year I had this theory that. We if we throw the ball to anybody but AJ Brown and they're not wide open, then it's a bad play for us. And I stand by that. I will concede a little bit. If you want to throw it contested to Julio Jones, you know he should be able to catch that football. But AJ Brown should have 15 targets a game, and he didn't. He we're throwing it to Chester Rogers before him, and it's mind blowing. I think I think if there's a hill that Robert's going to die on, it's this take that. AJ Brown should have like 15 targets a game, which I'm not saying. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying it's a great. I think he should have 200 targets this year. The biggest thing you get. That's like the thing you get the most. Every game, every game. When I see like AJ Brown to get 16, 1700 yards. So let's get (laughs) going, AJ. Berkser, he's good, but we don't need to throw him the ball unless he's wide open. Chester Rogers, you're good, but don't throw him the ball unless there's nobody around him. Like okay, Tannehill just force feed AJ Brown the ball, and good things happen. All right, well, so unfortunately, the next topic, Robert, might be just as upset because we're talking about the draft picks from this year's draft pick, or this year's draft. So let me read you. Let me read you something. First round pick, Farley, 
Special teams, saw him on like field goal blocks. Dylan Radin, second round pick, inactive. Monty Rice, third round pick, didn't play till the end of the game, out of control. Or the, the game was done. Later, uh, compensatory pick, Elijah Molden, played all game, looked okay, but not great. He got beat a few times. Also missed a sack, had, Elijah, had Kyler Murray wrapped up, and yeah. he spun out of it. Fourth round pick, Des Fitzpatrick, as you all know, we cut him. Uh, he's on the practice squad, though. Rashad Weaver, another fourth round pick, inactive. Racy McMath, Special teams, uh, Brady Breeze, COVID list. Um, I know it's game one, so I, I honestly am not super upset about this. Uh, I did say by the end of the year, I want Dylan Raiden to start at right tackle or he's a bust, and that's not looking too it's not hot trending for me. in the right direction. Um, and I just, I was a little upset with Weaver being inactive, but are we that concerned that game one that these guys have not contributed? I know you're. I guess we're most critical of Caleb Farley. Well, my mo- I, initially on Weaver, when I saw that he was going to be inactive, I initially thought that makes sense. Kyler Murray is a speed guy on the edges. They like to get the ball out on the edges, like with Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk. He's he's more of a big run stopper, probably early on in his career until he can add that part of his game. So I initially wasn't as, I would say, pissed about that. But also, Bud Dupree did not look good with that ACL coming back from his ACL injury. So I was wondering maybe maybe the coaches should have known that and had Rashawn Weaver there to rush the quarterback. But I don't know. What was your take, Pettit? I I don't want to jump to conclude. I mean, it's game yeah. one. I think Caleb Farley still has time to develop this season. Dylan Radins, I'm still not a firm believer in him yet, but uh, I, I would love to be wrong on that. Um, Elijah Moulton, I think, once again, it's game one. I think he could develop into something pretty special. I think he could be yeah. a titan. You know what I mean? Like a true titan. Um, Rashad Weaver, I don't know. I, I don't know. Here's my was, thing. I think one other quick thing is another inactive that I feel like could have been really important in this game was David Long. He's hurt. Yeah, that's true. He's I know. Hurt. I know he was inactive, yeah. and it's like he's a speed speed linebacker yeah he could have been Rashawn Evans. Rashawn Evans he doesn't have it so bad he's he was making it. he was making tackles here but there, he's though. like getting off blocks nine yards down the field and making tackles like it's like irrelevant tackle it's like irrelevant it's like, plays yeah. it, okay yeah. my thing I my thing on the draft picks is the uh, one of the bright spots that people are saying from the game Christian Fulton. Christian Fulton looked pretty good. Agreed. So my that's basically my. You didn't say we could talk about last year's draft picks. No, but. I know, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like last, like I'm look, look at Christian Fulton last year, in and out of the lineup with injuries, struggling to find it. You know, everything happening. Game one of the next year, he's looking pretty good, promising guy. So I, I don't think that game one of their like their first ever NFL game, we need to be that upset because I've seen a lot of people, a lot of Titans fans and stuff complaining and being like wow j rob's missed on a draft again this is ridiculous blah, blah blah it's like come on yeah they're not bust yet no real quick on fulton i agreed he was a bright spot however he was also going against aj green who is old and washed up so i'm not totally in the boat of fulton is our next quarterback one i will say jack rabbit jenkins came out and said his Fall. He had a couple of falls that allowed DeAndre Hopkins to get wide open. He said it was because he had the wrong cleats on. So he's going to get the right cleats on for Seattle, and that problem should be fixed. On so. to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, got a lot of excuses, but at this point in time, I'm just going to hang on to the the hope that those excuses are real yeah. and that 
we turn it around on Sunday. I hope um, Elijah Molden is as promising as we think he is because he might be our starting safety in the rest of the year. That is maybe, true. Yep. As Amani Hooker is um, out. Overreaction or not overreaction, we look back on this Cardinals game and the Cardinals are like a four or five loss team and we realize, wow, that's not a bad loss at all. I think that's an overreaction. I don't think they – I didn't think they were going to be very good going into the season. I don't think they're going to stay healthy on the D-line with Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. Yeah. Um, I don't think Kyler stays healthy either. Overreaction, not overreaction. I'll probably put it in the boat of overreaction. I think the Cardinals are – I think their ceiling is very high. I think they're a little inconsistent. Overreaction, not overreaction. Luan struggles like that all year. I say the first four to six games, he probably looks rusty, and then he gets back into form. I agree. I think he'll pick it up. Uh, overreaction, not overreaction. Uh, Julio Jones is a dud this year and only has like 300 yards, and we should have had Corey Davis. I can't bring myself to say not overreaction just because <laughs> of the sadness that it would make me feel, so I'm going to say overreaction. Uh, I, I think he'll have six, 700 yards. Okay. I think he'll find it. I think the um, offense will find it. I think, I think they'll find it. Overreaction, not overreaction. Titans go 6-11 and 11 and second, third in the division. And I don't think we're just not a good team. Whoa. Uh, we've got. <laughs> it sounds I think, like that's an overreaction. It is. I we've don't got, even want to think about that. 6-11. <laughs> and 11. We've got way too much talent to finish behind the Jags or the Texans. Yeah. Um, now, the Colts looked terrible, too. The Colts' offensive well, line looked they bad. They looked terrible against the team we're playing next week. Yeah, but they, I think both us and the Colts are better than what we showed on Sunday. I think we have way too much talent to be anything yeah. less than 500. Yeah. Agreed. So, overreaction. 6-11, and 11, I think there would be a lot more morning Mondays, if that's the case. <laughs> yeah. I really, really hope not, because I think we should have – I think we should almost have six wins in the division alone. Yeah, that's true. Well, I just wanted to do a little quick, like, uh, are we thinking too much here or not? You know, are we thinking right? So, um, honestly, final thoughts, flush it. Short memory, shake it off. Let's get back out there Sunday. I think, you know. A lot is riding on Sunday's game. A lot more than I thought was going to be. Sometimes you got to tighten down to tighten up. Sometimes you got (laughs) to tighten down to tighten up, and we're going to end it with that. Uh, We thank you all so much. We will see you all in a few days. We're going to have a pregame. A preview. A preview. Of the Seahawks. (laughs) A preview of the Seahawks game. Look forward to that. You guys have a primetime Titan week. Primetime Titan week? Come on.